My name is Anna Sher Wilson, and I'm the program specialist uh, for career navigation at Women Who Code. And we'll talk a little bit more about what exactly is career navigation and what that program looks like. So at Women Are Code, our mission is always to inspire women to excel in technology careers from the beginning of your career to the middle and all the way to leadership. We envision a world where diverse women are going to be better represented at all parts of the ladder that I was talking about. So our average member has about two years or more experience and they're looking for support with other engineers, with other professional people to level up and strengthen their career. But we also welcome people who are just getting into tech, they're interested and we can learn a little bit more about what a career in STEM would be like. Right now we have about 290,000 members. We're one of the biggest online communities in the world. Um, we have 80, more than 80 networks in different countries. We also have technical tracks. Our members come from more than 122 um, countries. To date, we put on 14,000 events and we give away conference tickets as you're going to learn more about our upcoming conference. We also give away scholarships to learn these technical skills. Um, and we have a job board, we have resources, we have and infinite connections. So what is Career Nav? This is a new track and part of Women Who Code. So we already have our wonderful technical communities, our wonderful technical programming, but more and more, our members are asking for kind of support in that non-technical career side. So equally important, but the non-technical part, including scholarships, which I'm really excited about. And um, Shauna's putting all the wonderful links in the chat box. Um, we also have a mailing list, which I think some of you learned about this event from the mailing list. Um, we have a brand new Instagram page, and then we also have a Slack workspace. So I'll put all of these uh, links while um, Tasha is speaking so that we get a chance to learn everything. So you can see all of our events across all the networks and across CareerNav at our website. Um, and we're all digital for now. So it's so exciting to be able to see people join from all over the world. Like tonight, like today, it's March 30th where I am. And it is March 31st where um, Tasha is. And that's amazing. <laughs> So, um, and speaking of events, we have a really our amazing one day conference is um, on May 26th. Tickets opened on Friday. So registration is available now. And you can also still apply to be a speaker for this conference. And we'll put all the information um, in the chat box as well. So now um, I am, oh, before I do that. So we also have a code of conduct that we take very seriously and applies to all of our online, in-person, all of our communities um, and events, including this one. And so, and that code of conduct states that we are an inclusive community, regardless of experience or identity and everyone who participates is supported and we support them. Um, and you can read all of our code of conduct at this link here or file an incident report there. So now I am thrilled to pass it over to our speaker tonight. Um, so and I have a little bit of background to share with everyone. So Natasha is a scientist, leader, facilitator, change agent, and adventurer, and also a board advisor to Women Who Code, um, and is passionate about inspiring girls and women to lead for a better world. 
And she recently um, co-founded Be Bold that you'll learn a little bit more about probably tonight um, to help empower women in STEM to step boldly into leadership and accelerate collaboration, inclusion, and diversity in solving humanity's most pressing challenges. And I'll leave it to that and pass it over to our wonderful speaker tonight and I'll be in the background. And if anyone has questions, feel free to use the chat or the Q&A function. Awesome, thank you so much, Anna. Just checking you can hear me all okay? And you can see the screen. So um, thanks very much for coming along to learn a little bit more about navigating your career in STEM in this crazy, confusing and constantly changing world that we're finding ourselves in at the moment. Um, you heard a little bit about my career and I guess it's fair to say that it's anything but conventional for a scientist. I've almost had um, parallel careers, one in geophysics, I'm a geophysicist by degree, uh, but my second career has been around uh, outdoor education, leadership facilitation, strategy and planning, and um, leading organisations through um, board roles. I'm only just discovering that it's a good thing to have had such a unusual career. You know, over the last couple of years, as part of my leadership work, I've been doing a lot of research into the future of work and career navigation. And with all of the change going on in the world, um, we know that change is impacting many things, many, many things, many aspects of life. And that includes how we should be approaching our career. So I'm hoping today I can give you some ideas to help you better navigate your careers um, as, you, as you move forward. So I'm going to start by setting the context for the world we're living in. Of course, we're all absorbed with the, possibly the COVID um, pandemic at the moment, but actually it's part of a much bigger cycle of change that's happening in the world. So welcome to the fourth industrial revolution. I'll introduce you to the leadership mindsets that really matter and explain how these days we need to step off the career ladder and swing on to a jungle gym. I've got some takeaway exercises, um, one around anchoring your values and another around communication. So have a notebook or device handy to jot down some notes as we go through. And um, we'll take a look at the skills that have priority in today's world, talk about being an impact player in your workplace and reflect on the importance of finding your support network to help navigate your career. Now, I'm happy to answer any questions. Please just drop them into the chat um, or we'll have time to chat at the end of the presentation. So I guess it's no surprise to all of you that the rate of significant change is accelerating. If you were born at the time of the steam engine, you actually had two or three generations to absorb the impact of that change. So it was a big change to the world at the time, but it, it occurred over a long period of time. There was time to absorb it and respond to it. Not too long ago, even a person could reliably begin and end a career with a single company, uh, perhaps even performing the same job throughout their entire life. And your grandparents may have been in that position. But today, today we have to adapt to three or four or five paradigm shifts in a single generation. And this is driven both by the velocity of change and by our extended human lifespan. And it's what makes today are living in today so different um, than compared to the past when significant change occurred, but it was it was slower. It, today we've got this just a massive number of paradigm shifts to absorb and respond to. 
So it's clear that the ability to adapt, learn and change how we work and live is absolutely essential to survive and thrive um, in today's world. So electricity and mass production saw the introduction of the second industrial revolution. And at that time, there was a requirement then for workers to start to become more specifically educated for the industry they were working in. But typically they spent their whole career in an, in an industry that usually the whole family was involved with. So their identity was largely focused around a particular industry and they spent their lifetime, even their childhood, becoming familiar with that industry. And back then success was measured by efficiency and optimization of processes. But for the majority of us working today, we have come from a world that was designed and organized for the third industrial revolution. And that was the coming of the age of computers. And that revolution saw a huge shift of physical laborers to knowledge workers, and it drove the need for deeper specialization. So in this age, we were coached to pick a solid relevant major to study at university that would find us a job when we graduated. And in this era, the measure of our intelligence has been based on the amount of stored knowledge we have. Our personal identity has largely hung off what we do and our success in life has been interwoven with how high up the career ladder we progress. Actually, we're in the fourth industrial revolution now. So even though our mental models are still back in the third industrial revolution, we have well and truly entered the fourth industrial revolution and we're having to adapt constantly to significant paradigm shifts. So where we once learned for a specific job and then use that knowledge and experience to build a career over decades, now we have to work to continuously learn in order to embrace the constantly changing opportunities. So that means more often than not, we have to become neo-generalists. They're professionals that can apply their ability to learn and adapt to any number of roles that we find ourselves in. Um, this is counterintuitive when you feel threatened by change. I know most of the technical people um, that I work with, they tend to prioritise becoming ever more specialist and holding on to ever more knowledge when they feel under threat. But in fact, this is not the right approach. In this new world, we also need to move away from the idea of a traditional linear career path. Um, things are just changing too fast for that simplistic approach. Um, we can no longer easily articulate who we are simply by replying to the question, what do you do? And instead, our identity is about why we do what we do. So we're going to explore those concepts in more detail throughout this presentation. But before moving on, I just want to reassure you that there is still plenty of work for humans to do. Our careers will be long and prosperous. They just won't necessarily look like what we're used to because technology is going to take over many of our routine tasks and remove the need for us to be holders of expansive libraries of knowledge. So what remains then for us mere mortals to do? Well, it's the exploration. It's that part of business where you identify a problem and experiment with possible solutions. It's that translation of an original idea to a workable solution. There is no machine learning that can be built to explore. That's a unique value proposition of humans. And so our real value lies in learning, adapting, creating. We need superpowers in agile thinking. We need to be able to engage with others, communicate our, our ideas and influence decisions to make an impact. 
Human experiences and human connections will be the key to making ourselves robot proof. And in order to thrive through the fourth industrial revolution, we need to shift our understanding of our identity and the value we bring to the workplace. And we need to change how we navigate our careers. So having set the scene, it's probably quite apparent what mindsets matter most for moving forward. And here are the four mindsets that will help you lead yourself through a world of constant change. The authentically me mindset recognizes the importance of understanding your own purpose and values and how you manifest them in your work. We are simply not able to manage constant significant change if our identity and sense of self feels threatened. The radically forward mindset helps us to embrace the necessary continuous learning that comes with constant change. It also helps us to find the courage to let go of the things that hold us back from adapting. The deeply human mindset focuses us on diversity, equity and inclusion and ensures that we work with a people first approach. So we're going to prioritize engagement with others and communication. And the courageously impactful mindset raises our awareness that every one of our actions has an impact on others. It helps ensure that we are able to connect the dots, build networks and mobilize resources to leverage the change that surrounds us in order to create positive impact for ourselves, our teams, our companies and society at large. So consciously practicing these four mindsets on a daily basis will help build your resilience and support you to progress through your career. Now, um, as I've already flagged, one of the big shifts brought about by the massive and rapid change that we're li living through relates to our careers. In the old information era, our life path was mapped out as a series of sequential steps. We move through a period of education, we uh, progress through our career, and then we retired. And in days gone by, we might have expected to climb a career ladder over a th 30 or 40 year period, right up until the time that we retired. But our new reality looks more like a jungle gym. So we need to swap out the idea of education over a fixed period and bring in this idea of continuous learning. We, we need a continuous state of discovery and reinvention throughout our careers. And we need to recognize that we will engage in a variety of work that meets our per personal purpose and interests at any given time. So you might be working in tech now, but it's not a given that you'll be working in tech your entire career. Instead of success being measured by how high up the career ladder we make it, our success should now be measured by how clearly we're meeting our purpose and how effectively we can learn and adapt to create value in all of the work roles that we have. You are not your job. And this is a really hard thing to get our heads around. Our identity is not what we do. Our identity is who we are. So where do we start? Well, first you need to recognize that not moving up through your career in a linear, narrow fashion is not a bad thing. But second, you need to take responsibility for driving an intentional pathway around your own unique career jungle gym. And this means that you need to know yourself better, in particular, the values that drive you. So personal values are the moral compass that guide our actions and define who we are. Values help us evaluate if something is good, bad, right or wrong. They reflect what's important in our lives and they underpin what motivates us every day. Our values are formed early in life. So um, they're a result of our environment, culture, language, gender, our education, our family and friends. 
Because our values are the main driver behind our personality and actions, if we want to find satisfaction and purpose in our career, it really does pay to explore and understand the values that matter most in terms of your work. So um, being clear and grounded in your values will also help prevent you feeling lost when there is constant change around you. You understand who you are and you understand that who you are is not what you do. So I have a takeaway exercise here on the screen and I, I really encourage you to um, set aside some time for yourself to think about your personal values and identify two or three core values that underpin how you show up every day. Uh, it, it also helps to describe the behaviours that others might see from you every day that demonstrates that you're living those values. If, you, if you're having difficulty identifying your value, maybe think about the words that people in your life would use to describe you, or perhaps think about what you appreciate most in others. And chances are these descriptions are capturing the values and the related behaviours that matter most to you. So when I completed this exercise, for example, I identified the values of exploration, contribution and dependability as central to how I show up every day. Uh, I'm curious, you'll see me asking questions and challenging why something is so, and I really enjoy trying new things. Um, I'm a problem solver that wants to come up with ways to help others. Helping others is really a sort of a core way that I show up in my workplace. And I work hard to deliver what I say I will do to a high standard. So you can see that my behaviours reflect my values, exploration, contribution and dependability. And I can see when I look back through my career that these have shaped the job choices that I've made. So if you have an understanding of the values that shape how you show up each day, it's much more obvious what job opportunities you, you should swing across to and which ones you should skip when you're moving around your career jungle gym. Every new work opportunity should serve your own unique purpose and align with your own personal values. It is no coincidence that the professional roles that enable us to express our personal values and fulfil our why are those that we most enjoy and through which we're able to make the biggest impact. These are the things that we were born to do. So again, I encourage you to take this thought exercise away with you and see if you can come to a deeper understanding of your own values and professional motivation. Now, all of us online here today have spent quite some time becoming technical specialists. Uh, we've spent a lot of years studying, practicing our technical skills. So it's easy to see why we put a lot of weight on our technical skills when we're judging how good we are at our jobs and how, how effective we can move through our careers. Also, in this age of rapid digital transformation, it makes sense to think that the really important new skills that we need to focus on to develop are related to computer and software skills. And of course, all those things are really important. You can't do your work without them, but actually what matters more are human skills. So today, the business world recognises that we need to complement technology with our unique human capabilities. So the IBM Institute for Business Value now ranks flexibility, agility and adaptability, time management and prioritisation, collaboration and working effectively with teams and effective communication as the top four skills necessary for, for professionals across every industry. 
And you can see that this survey was taken in 2018 prior to the pandemic, and I suspect these skills are even more important in today's workplaces. I'm part of a cohort of 100 women in STEM from around the world participating in the Homeward Bound Leadership Program. And we were asked what skills were most important for people in STEM careers. STEM is science, technology, engineering, maths and medicine uh, to be effective in their field. And the top five responses were communication, resilience, curiosity, adaptability and teamwork. And you can see then that the deeply human mindset is such an essential component of leading yourself through your career. Of course, Digital skills remain a fundamental literacy, just as reading, writing and mathematics are, but it's it's those uniquely human skills that enable us to support ourselves and others to seamlessly augment with rapidly changing technology. And of the human skills we need, communication skills are particularly important, no matter your area of technical specialty, actually no matter what your career is. You need to manage complex scenarios and dynamic processes and clear communication skills are critical for success. So make certain you can communicate effectively and not just with peers in your same field, but people from all backgrounds and professional areas. Communication is also a critical factor for shaping what career opportunities open up to us. It's often difficult for women in male dominated environments to speak up with confidence and authority. But if the sound bites that we offer around the board table, in corridor meetings, in formal work sessions, they don't build a case of authority, we're completely undermining our competence and we're limiting our career options. The challenge is that women, far more than men, use language patterns that tend to undermine our authority and downplay our capabilities. So I have another takeaway exercise for you to just think about how you engage with others in your workplace and consider whether you commonly use one or more of these well-known problematic language patterns. So do you constantly apologize? Do you start your sentences with sorry? Sorry, I won't take much time. Sorry, I just need to talk to you for a minute. Do you make your statements tentative or weak by prefacing with just? For example, just wanna add or just a quick email about. Do you undermine your expertise by starting sentences where you're contributing your considerable technical expertise with things like, look, I'm not the expert, but, or this might be a stupid question, I just want to know. And do you use self-diminishing qualifiers? Like, well, it's only my opinion. I ask you to monitor yourself for a week and see how many times you find yourself saying or writing these types of things. Or maybe one or more of these speech patterns already resonates with you. Once you recognise the pattern in your language, make it a habit to stop yourself. So you're ready to step off the career ladder and swing onto the jungle gym. You understand your personal values and what motivates you and your language is positively promoting your competence. So then how can you nudge along new opportunities so you can proactively navigate your career jungle gym? Well, unlike for generations in the past, we can't expect that promotions and new roles will appear simply because we've done the time. And there is no one size fits all career map. We each have to take responsibility for building our own career jungle gym. Now, the key to being seen as someone ready to take on a new challenge and so manifest career opportunities 
uh, is to be an impact player. And what does that actually mean? Well, it, it means that you need to be present, open, flexible and curious in your workplace. You need to be aware of what's going on around you. So beyond the tasks that you've been asked to focus on, and this is a really, really important one for technical experts. We have to stay looped into the bigger picture. We have to anticipate road bumps that might need our attention beyond our immediate area of focus. Think about what problem is your boss trying to solve? What problem is your company trying to solve? Find out and focus on that. Contribute, be useful. Another important one is the need to lean into those messy boundaries between teams and departments. You know, where no one, no one really has responsibility to do the work, but it's a piece of work that just needs to get done so that the respective teams and departments can deliver their, their goals. You also need to see the change and ambiguity that surrounds you as an opportunity to becoming even more useful. And this is a difficult one to get your head around because Typically, when we see change coming at us in the workplace, we hunker down into our role and focus on what we have to do and just get it done, get it done. Instead, we need to look up and around us and see how we can leverage that change to create opportunity. What won't open professional doors is just simply focusing on your own work, um, but not looking for ways to help others in your team, for always waiting to be asked to do something and identifying problems but not having a go at defining solutions. When you're working as an impact player, career opportunities will appear. And in the meanwhile, practice your leadership mindsets and continue to build your human skills. No time is ever wasted if you're learning and growing. Finally, find your tribe. You don't have to navigate your career alone. Everybody belongs to multiple tribes. You're here with a tribe with Women Who Code. You're probably a member of a tribe that plays sport or exercises together. There'll be tribes in your workplace you belong to and tribes that you socialise and travel with. Humans are driven to connect. So help yourself by finding the tribe that's going to support you to become who you want to be. And can I say, don't be afraid to connect with networks that at first glance don't appear to be related to your technical work at all. You'll be surprised just how much people from all professions can help guide you as you build professional skills to thrive in the complex times that we find ourselves in. So to recap, traditional ideas for how we move through our professional lives are no longer relevant because of the rate of significant change in the world. Our careers won't look like our parents' careers. It won't even probably look like our boss's careers. Our careers are changing so quickly. We can expect to work multiple jobs in multiple industries throughout our working life, and we have to continuously learn and adapt. We need to recognise that a simple linear career path is no longer viable. Instead, we have to embrace this idea of the career jungle gym. We need to understand that success is no longer related to how high up a single occupation career ladder that we move, but it's instead measured by how strongly we're meeting our own purpose and how importantly, how much value we're adding to the workplaces that we're in. Let your personal values drive your job choices as you navigate your career jungle gym. So it's so important to understand your own personal values. Every new work opportunity should align with your values. We derive the greatest enjoyments and make the biggest impact doing the work that we were born to do. 
Practice using language that promotes your true professional capabilities. Don't undersell yourself. You have an opportunity every day to promote how good you are at the work that you do. Generate new career opportunities by being an impact player in your workplace and find your tribe to help you navigate your career. In today's world, we each have the responsibility for building our own unique career jungle gym. Corporations aren't going to make careers for us. Our friends and family can't make careers for us. So I hope I've given you some useful tips to build an absolutely amazing, amazing career. I wish you all the very best. So thank you. I'm very happy to take uh, any questions. I see there's lots going on in the chat. I have, have to catch up. Yes. Um, let me just rejoin. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll do a, a few minutes of conversation. Um, please keep giving your wonderful questions in the chat. But you know what? I also have some questions. Sure. So we can have a little bit of a back and forth. And yeah. again, please, um, for all of the attendees, keep your wonderful comments. A lot of people, what you said, especially that I wanted to touch on first. Um, people really responded when you were talking about language. And it, I also think it's interesting yeah. people from all over the world and people maybe, I'm not sure what language they use at their office, but like, you know, I think it's interesting how it cut across many cultures. So when you were yes. talking about how <clears throat> the language patterns like that, yeah, everyone was like, I've done this. I do all of this. I'm working on yeah. it, blah, blah. So about, um, kind of thinking about language, you know, do you have any strategies to not like beat yourself up too much? Because what sometimes, at least for me or for other um, younger, when I've mentored younger people, they'll start doing that and then stop themselves and be mad at themselves for apology. And then it's just like an endless cycle. <laughs> <A> cycle. <laughs> so how can we like empower the people around us to work on that and work on being assertive, but also, you know, not stop the message from coming through? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so the, 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 the first thing, it's really important to just recognize the habit, okay? Um, and once you're aware of it, uh, then you can um, start trying to correct yourself. And even I do, I still start an email with just or sorry all the time. And I'm 25 years into my career. But these days I remember to delete the sentence and start typing the email again. Um, but I think the way to ensure that you're not sort of coming down hard on yourself for slipping up like that all the time is to, to get yourself into a learning framework, a learning mindset. Make, understand that you are on a journey and you're content constantly growing, continuously growing and learning. And we are not the same person today that we were yesterday. And so just be gracious, um, allow yourself the room to make mistakes, pick yourself up and start again. That, and that is actually how you journey through life. It's how you journey through your career. So it's not about getting angry with yourself or telling yourself that you're stupid. Um, it, it's actually about just simply acknowledging that happened, I do that. I must learn not to do that. I will learn, I, I will allow myself to constantly change and grow. And I, I think it's having that mindset um, that's really important. Yeah, um, and, and Shauna says she agrees uh, to think a little bit about the environment. Again, kind of like what you were saying is identifying values. Like if the environment has your 
values in that. And Shauna says, sometimes finding a new role or team is also how you can work through that. Um, Rebecca had a great question that um, Angela also is answering a little bit, but um, Rebecca wanted to know if anybody, and this is open to the entire um, audience and our speaker, if people have strategies on remaining inclusive, but also assertive. So for example, um, Angela talks a little bit about advocating for others at work, um, but being um, an assertive in that way. So um, yeah, that and, and that's really good. It's rightly or wrongly, um, women are typically able to, to, to be in a position of defending and asserting themselves as experts or um, equal contributors when they're also advocating for and supporting other other people, we're actually better, in fact, at um, putting other people up. Uh, it's it's just innate, I guess, in the cultures that we were raised in, um, that we behave like that. So one great way for you to to be seen as, as more competent and perhaps assertive in your workplace, and, and I, I don't mean assertive as in demanding or dictatorial, but just standing up for your, your own skill sets, um, is to actually also support others in that place. So you could be in a position where you're in a team meeting and you're worried about speaking up, but in fact, you speak up to defend somebody else's technical work. Um, and then you can add your own um, uh, snippet onto the back of that. So, you know, so Joanne has done a great piece of work and this is why it's really good. And in my research or my work, I can see the value of what Joanne's done. So you're, you're supporting both of you actually to, um, to, be, to be recognized as the technical experts that you are. So yeah, thanks Angela, that's a great, great um, way to, to help yourself. Yeah. yeah, Angela says it's a win for the whole team and you prioritize information and tool sharing. Um, yeah. Um, and then here's another, this is a very common topic. We actually have three people asking this. Um, so <laughs> and maybe a little bit different, but so I'm going to uh, put this question in context a little bit of the presentation. Um, so Sophie, Aster, and Alex, a lot of people are asking about like transitioning between industries. So Sophie, for example, is a career academic, which Sophie, I came from the higher ed industry, I understand. Um, and thinking about, you know, how to break in, if we can speak a little bit more generally, you know, we're talking about tech and coding um, and that's really yeah. what Women Who Code is for and that community, but um, how can we, I guess my question for you is how can we use like the career jungle gym to like advocate, the career jungle gym analogy to advocate for industry switching, being able to articulate that, like that kind of thing? Yeah, look, I've, I've switched um, careers once before. I had to make a big leap and I'm actually in the middle of making a big leap now with the, the co-founding of Be Bold and I'm moving into leadership development for women in STEM. Um, and so I'll be switching again. And I, my experience is that it's really scary and you feel like you're standing on the edge of a cliff uh, waiting to jump. But I think um, the exercise that you have to go through to make the transition is to take smaller steps. So um, don't feel like you're jumping across this huge chasm from one uh, career or one industry to another and, and you're just going to be flying free in the middle and hope to goodness you make it to the other side uh, and, you, and you, you hope if you don't there's a net somewhere down there that will catch you. 
Um, I find that it's, it's more effective if you think in small steps. And the first thing that you need to do is actually do an audit of all of your skills that you have in your workplace. And I don't mean, you know, you can write a bit of code, you can use a particular coding language or a piece of software. It's about all the roles that you have in your workplace. What are you showcasing? Like project management, communication, leadership development. Pull out all of those things. Do an audit of all of your, your own um, skills and competencies and then go and look at the, the industry that you want to move into and see where that sort of maps across and then identify where you need to build up extra capability okay now to build up extra capability doesn't necessarily mean leaving your current job so for example i have known about my transition out of geophysics into leadership um, development so I'm, I'm transitioning my paid work i've done leadership facilitation for 20 years as a volunteer so what I did at my workplace is I approached my manager and said, um, look, this my personal goals are to get more experience in organisational development and leadership program development. So can I coordinate working one day a week with the organisational development team in my company? Um, I will still cover all of my geophysics responsibilities in the other four days. And so for a year, I got to work with professionals that were in a different part of the business um, and they helped build my skills and helped me actually learn more about what I already knew um, by, by working with them. And so it was a really easy way to start that industry transition process. So get creative about um, how you can prepare yourself in small steps, small increments to, to, to move to a different industry. It's not always about study, although, of course, you, there are many, many um, postgraduate certificates and online courses you can do to also help you. That's another another way to support yourself to move industries. Uh, but look for what you can do in your own workplace right now, and it, it will feel a lot more comfortable if you do it in small steps. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a, a really good point. I love that idea of breaking it down and seeing what you can do um, while you're still there. I also want to shout out uh, Women Who Code and all the volunteer opportunities. I'll just yes as well. Um, yeah, can you talk a little bit about like because you were talking about the cohort of women in STEM that you are part of? Can you talk a little bit about you know that that work and how that um, supports people as well? Yeah, sure. So. Um... The Homeward Bound program is a, a, an international program for women in STEM. It's actually run out of Melbourne, but we have women from all over the world. And every year they select 100 women to join the movement um, and do a, a year long uh, leadership um, training or development um, program. Um, and ultimately, um, once COVID is finished, or <laughs> we can travel safely again, um, We'll have a trip to Antarctica where we get to apply our leadership and our STEM disciplines to helping, I guess, save Antarctica, help preserve the environment. Um, it's really an organisation focused on encouraging women to step into the space of using their STEM skills to support um, sustainability and preservation of our, of our environment. So it's, a, it's an amazing program and I've met some incredible women from around the world. But, you know, I've been blessed with working with multiple global organisations um, in, in that leadership space. Uh, you know, Women Who Code, obviously, I've, I've done um, work with and have enjoyed meeting people from all over the world who, who want to build their leadership skills. Um, and in the girl guiding organisation, girl guiding, girl scouting movement as well, I've been um, involved in designing their leadership model 
and rolling that out to 10 million girls and women. And so, yes, all the volunteer work has contributed to my passion and desire for moving into leadership facilitation as a, as a professional job. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, look, if you're interested, I see there's some people talking about- um, Everyone's interested. I'd love to participate, yeah. <laughs> so Homeward Bound, um, search for them online. They've actually just um, selected the next cohort. So there's a hundred women each year. So. Um, jump onto their webpage and um, and then apply for the next round, which will be in 2023. So I think applications will come out late this year for the next next round. That's that's great. Um, so I were we um, just so everyone knows we'll, we'll still have times for a few more questions. I have some, um, but feel free to put them in the chat as well. Um, we had another point that someone made is a little bit um, thinking a little bit more of, uh, at the beginning of your career um, and getting that first job can be very challenging, very uh, uh, complicated. So I'd love to talk um, if you could talk a little bit about like career resiliency and you know we touched on a bit talking about community as well, but any strategies to kind of, you know, keep going, you know, when we're- Yeah, uh, look, I think um, I didn't get this when I started my career, right? I, I I grew up into a career where I I identified that I am a geophysicist and therefore if I failed at geophysicists, I failed as a person. And I think the really important thing these days is this understanding that we have to separate our identity from what we do and being really clear on your values and what's important to you in a workplace will will actually significantly support your resilience because if you can't get a particular job, actually that doesn't matter. You are still who you are. You have these values that you're, you're seeking to fulfill. Um, you've got your own core purpose that you wanna fulfill and you will actually find that there's other ways to reach that purpose and it might not just be the right time for you to get the particular job that you're after. So I think if you can frame all of your work, all of your your career progression in the context of who you want to be, who you want to grow into and what what values you're meeting, then there's far less uh, pressure to um, get the right job, the particular job and, and failing at doing that is not about failing as a person. That's I love that. I once times one time I have to share this advice that someone gave to me once, um, and I would love to know your opinion on it. Um, someone sure. once said to me about jobs: you either have to be learning or earning. Yeah, and yeah, I I'm curious to know in your experience, how does that speak to your experience? How can that um, fit in a little bit? Yeah, I um. I mean, it's true. If you're not if you're not in a job, then you can be learning how to get to your job. That, so learning or earning. That's certainly a, a phrase that we use here in Australia. Um, you know, the one that I really like is learn and return. So you, you, you learn, you find ways to earn money on something that you've learned, but then you return, you give back, you give back to the community what you've what you've learned and what you've earned um so i i guess that's probably my philosophy um yeah <laughs> learn earn return um great i'm just i'm gonna take a, ch- uh, a look here a lot of people want to join you in antarctica i think that's uh, very <laughs> yeah very wouldn't that be amazing <laughs> we're still um, waiting 
Oh, we would be snow. No, not, not, not connected online. exactly to the presentation. But Rebecca <laughs> wants to know is, um, will we be snow camping in Antarctica? No, no <laughs> we stay on the boat. Okay. I think <laughs> that's probably it. for the best. Yeah. Yes. Um, so my final question that I um, had prepared was a little bit about, um, I guess, advocate advocating for the jungle gym analogy in our everyday life. I touched on this already a little already, but as you mentioned, you're not gonna have the career of the generation before, you probably won't have the yeah. career of the, the person that's managing you and that yes. kind of thing. But I think a lot of us, depending, especially on where you come from and, and, the cult, and your culture, it's really hard to like get off that ladder, even if it's not beneficial to you. So um, I'd love to like end the evening kind of thinking about strategies to help, you know, sometimes our families understand, you know, a sponsor at a company understand, but I, I'm sure like people, you know, have to also explain to their families, like, it's not going to look like what, what, yeah. You knew. yeah. Yeah. And look, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest and say, I've had heated debates and had to spend a lot of energy justifying my decisions in my workplace. Uh, people don't understand why I want to take a demotion so that I can move sideways or I, I bounce a lot between managers, manager roles and technical roles because I, I don't want to just do one or I want to do both. And so I'm, I'm constantly moving around the company. And I guess you have to be really clear in your mind's eye what you're what you're aiming for. I, I think the real difference these days is that we are individually responsible for our careers, whereas perhaps our parents and even our managers came through a system where the company looked after you and progressed you up this sort of um, standard standard route through the, the organisation. Um, I think the reason that I have been able to do such a uh, an interesting and varied career is because I had such incredible mentors and role models and support networks outside of my profession. So I have spent, as I said, 20, 25 years in volunteer organisations working with women from all, all walks of life. And that sort of opened my eyes to life outside of geophysics. So I really encourage you to build networks that aren't directly related to your career as much as you need networks also in your own profession. And that support net, network will sort of lift you um, to, to help you defend your choices that you're going to make as an individual. Um, I should say, obviously, you don't want to go and burn bridges with your managers, right? You have to still deliver what the what your company needs you to, to deliver. But think of creative ways that you can negotiate opportunities um, uh, such that, you know, you might do part-time roles or um, you might swap in and out of roles and job share or you might... Uh, you might actually do extra work on the side to prove that you can do something. You know, it, it's your jungle gym career isn't going to come without effort, um, but uh, it's 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 something that is going to make your life amazing if you can manage it. So I think it's it's worth it. One, one of my favourite sayings is, "You only get out of life what you're prepared to put into it." And so I, I think that's really important, as much as about your your fun activities as it is about your career. Yes. Yeah. We have Shauna in the audience saying, 
appreciating that companies are no longer responsible for employees' career trajectories. Yeah, we're not in the age of, you know, yeah. work 50 years and, you know, right. chair. I think my grandfather like got gifted a chair after working for 50 <laughs> years in the same like factory. Um, so yeah, that's yeah. not really the case. And yeah, you have to be proactive and make requests for transitions. Um, and sometimes the fastest way up is to the side. Correct. That's really true. Yeah. Yeah. Great. And and Sophie appreciates the perspective um, to network outside of your career. I, I completely agree. And I hope, I think one thing that's kind of cool about the tech industry and at least women who code, like I know I can see here in the audience, I recognize some names. People are connected to the tech industry, but not everyone's an engineer. People are in like marketing or product management and things like that. I think even yeah. that can probably... Um, help you a yes, lot. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Well, thank you, everyone. So we're we're wrapping up, but is there any final words you want to share before we uh, end the evening for me, the morning for you, and the morning for some of our other participants? <laughs> oh, great. Thank you. No, all set. All set. Excellent. Okay, great. Well, yeah. Thank you again. Thank you so much um, for joining us. Uh, tonight, everyone, and thank you, Tash. This has been, uh, we've been talking since December about this event, so I'm yes. so glad that, that it worked out. And thank you so much for sharing all your expertise and um, inspiring everyone. Everyone I can see in the chat is having a, had a wonderful time. So thank you so That's much. That's great. Thank, thanks so much for having me. I absolutely love hanging out with Women in Code. Great. Thank you all. Okay. Have a wonderful day. <laughs> Bye. Bye.